Welcome to Dig Deep, the mining podcast. In this podcast, we go deep into mining news, hot topics, and live interviews with mining professionals and leading figures in the mining industry. Introducing your host, Rob Tyson, founder and director of Mining International and Mining International Executive, a leading global mining recruitment and headhunting agency. Hi, mining community. Welcome back to another episode of the Dig Deep, the Mining Podcast. And today's episode, or sorry, today's guest, should I say, is Ivan Fairhall, who's Director and CEO of Mawson Gold, a TSX-listed gold exploration company in two safe tier one mining-friendly jurisdictions, which is in Finland and Sweden. Um, Ivan is a chartered engineer and mine finance professional uh, with over 15 years mining experience industry experience um, and he's going to talk about uh, Molson Gold um, but also how junior uh, mining companies operate in quite a world where projects, strategy and market timing need to work in obviously harmony so uh, for all those junior, mine, junior miners out there um, it's definitely worth an episode worth listening to so that's welcome to Ivan to the podcast how you doing Ivan? Yeah great Rob uh, nice to be on yeah Appreciate your time as well. Um, so, wondered if you can tell our audience a little bit about yourself, about your career, um, before we go into speaking about uh, Lawson Gold. Yeah, sure. Um, well, great to be on on the show, and and I guess like you know, like probably many of your listeners, you know, my career has been a a windy road that takes you on a takes you on a bit of a journey that you you don't necessarily. Um, set out to go, but it, it brings you right to where you are at any point in time. And and I, I started my career as I studied mechanical engineering university, and so I'm an engineer by background. And and I, I went into quite a conventional type consulting role, and and being based, uh, you know, going to university in Australia, and and the the sort of my the age that I graduated, the mining industry was booming. And um, and I found my way into into the world of mining, and we were building. I was working for a company called Hatch, and and we were really designing and and construction, doing sort of late stage EPCM type work for um, the big big mining projects in Australia, BHP, and a lot of coal work, um, and uh, and manganese and and remote sites, and and all of that kind of mining boom, Australian mining boom type stuff, and. Uh, after a few years of doing that, I, I went travelling and, and wound up in the UK, in in your homeland, where I, I got stuck for many years, I must say. Um, and I was working in the first part of that time as a consultant. I did a lot of study work, really, focusing on you know more at the junior end of the spectrum, working for typically uh, single asset junior mining companies, helping them take their project and, and really their resource and trying to, you know, come up with a business case that makes sense. And so right from the, the quintessential geologist stumbling out of a jungle with a with a reef, you know, with some rocks and what are we going to do, how we develop a project, right through to sort of more later stage feasibility studies and feed studies and 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 really, you know, conditioning projects for financing and for the market. And um and uh yeah and uh now I've moved from that into a um into an investor role. I was working for a private equity fund that was really looking at those types of companies um, and, uh, and and looking to invest in them. So 
so sort of flipped flipped from the sell side to the buy side, I suppose. And uh, and then from that role, I did that for seven, uh, for five years. And then from that role, I moved now to my current role, which is the CEO of Mawson Gold. Um, so taking a lot of those skills that I picked up along the way and, and bringing them to bear in the in the junior mining world. Yeah. Um, obviously, before we uh, went live, we were obviously we were speaking about living in the UK, and obviously you lived here for quite quite a while. If any Australians are listening, or it doesn't even necessarily need to be any Australians, what did you, I suppose, what did you learn by coming to work in the UK that you may have not um, been able to experience uh, if you continue living in Australia? Yeah, look, I think the UK is a, it is a quite a different environment to to work in. Culturally, it's just quite different. I suppose I was fortunate. I probably had a soft landing. Um, working in in mining because mining's you know full of expats and I, and I and I you know the places that I worked were were generally pretty diverse, um, but uh, the opportunities uh, to be in the UK you're connected to better much connect connected much better to the world I would say in terms of geographical location as and as well as networks Africa Europe the US are. Uh, they're really a, a chip and a putt away from the UK, London. You know, being a you know a global hub, you can fly anywhere in the world in two flights. As I used to, I used to say, and and, um, and yeah, it puts you at the centre of a lot of things. It's a centre of finance, uh, and it is a geographical centre. And and I think there's a lot of opportunities uh, in the UK for that reason. Um. So moving on, just wondering if you can tell us a little bit about uh, Mawson Gold. Yeah, sure. So so Mawson Gold is a is an exploration and development. Uh, company. Um, we've got a number of assets in our portfolio, but, but the flagship asset we have is, is called the Raya Plot Project. Uh, it's located in northern Finland, right on the Arctic Circle uh, in Finnish Lapland, the, the home of Santa Claus. Some of some of your listeners may have been dragged there by their kids from for over the years, but uh, it's a great place to do business. It's um, it's yeah, Finland is a is an excellent part of the world. Infrastructure, education, uh, very first world in every respect and, and a fantastic people uh, to work with. And, and so what we have up there is, is a gold discovery. We've, we've got a, over a million ounces uh, of gold and, and with a cobalt credit um, in, uh, in, in, in Finland. Um, and that uh, project is, is growing. You know, there's a significant amount of exploration upside, but we're also doing a PEA on it to sort of start to articulate, you know, what, what it what it what does a million ounces look like in this part of the world and 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 sort of draw out some of those um factors around its location as well as you know our deposit in particular it's what it's um what it how it's made up um and you know where it is and uh and look to bring them out in an economic sense um as we continue obviously to do the to, to explore, explore the exploration upside we know the deposit will get bigger it's open uh, and also um, will grow. We've got a very large land package, significant prospectivity that, that deserves a lot more follow-up. So that's our main project. Uh, we have another exploration project earlier stage in Sweden, a great part of the world um, in terms of um, mining, where, where this project is in the Schleftor, a lot of uh, existing mining, uh, 7 million ounces, and, and Belieden, a big mining company, their namesake mine is this from there. And we've made a gold discovery down there. Where, um, but it's early days, so so we're doing some work down there. And and the third part of our business is actually something that we've spun out recently, 
we've we've spun off some gold exploration company, a gold exploration company down into Australia called Southern Cross Gold, and and we're really now just a shareholder. But Southern Cross is quite an exciting story, doing very well down in Australia, and and we're a um a very happy shareholder in that company as well. Um, is there much difference in the in I suppose doing business or doing uh, working in the mining industry uh, in Finland to uh, to Sweden? Obviously, they're both sort of I suppose Scandinavian and and Northern Hemisphere uh, countries. Is there t- is there a lot of difference between mining in e- each of those jurisdictions? Look, obviously, each country, um, each jurisdiction anywhere in the world really has its own uh, regulatory nuances and and how you go through the process of your licensing and permitting uh, getting access to your ground and how you how you manage work programs and in compliance with those regulations are yeah they they all have their differences so local knowledge is key and having good local people helping you and really managing those programs for you is important but i would say relative to the rest of the world they're very Similar, they're, they're, uh, the Finns might, the Finns and Swedes might disagree with this statement, but I do think that culturally they have um, some, uh, you know, quite a lot of similarities, and um, and and I think that they're they're very very much first world jurisdictions. The people are incredibly well educated and productive and autonomous, uh, and very trustworthy, and so so in terms of managing a business with 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 you know work being done in both jurisdictions they're they're both similarly good i would say um you've moved through lots of obviously uh, different parts of the mining life cycle um what have your sort of what has been your big uh, takeaways from um working in those various parts of of a mining life cycle and i suppose where where are we in a, in a mining life cycle at the moment yeah sure I've sort of thought a lot about this recently, actually, and 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 I've sort of reflected that um, that mining's more than just the technical merits uh, of something, and 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 it's not black and white. Certainly, junior mining's not black and white, and um, and and those sort of black and white technical facts don't necessarily dictate your fortune. And I was actually reading a an article about by James Dyson the other day, and he in fact opened a building or something. And instead of calling it STEM, you know, science, technology, you know, maths, he he calls it STEAM, and the A is for art, and and it's the softer issues that need to go uh, hand in hand with the with the harder issues that I think is what makes these technical things a success. And so, if I look at sort of my career, I, I sort of went through a, a bit of a progression, and I, I started as an engineer, and I, I genuinely genuinely thought that. The success of these companies was down very much to the technical merits of the project, the grade, the recovery, the costs, the MPVs, the CapEx, the IRR, these sort of hard facts and the best of those in aggregate, they would be the projects that were successful um, and, and, and that dictated you know, 90 plus 95% of it. Then I moved into the world of the investor and I was managing, you know, fund manager and, and thinking about Thinking probably on a much longer scale, thinking a lot more strategically, uh, we looked a lot about um, how to build a, a business and, and how to think about um, the capital markets and the strategy and, and, and constructing 
teams and making sure you had the right team in place and and what message were you sending um, to strategic investors, strategic acquirers, how are you going to sort of monetize your stake in this business and a very different perspective. You obviously had to look back at the technical things, they all matter, but then you layer on this sort of more strategic thinking and a, and a different lens that you look through it. And, that, and then I moved from that to now being a CEO and, and managing one of these companies. And, and I do spend a lot of my time um, thinking about the market and uh, the macro environment and, and perception uh, and optics around how the business is being run and communicated and the strategy and 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 getting momentum at the right times and and not and you keeping your powder dry um and so you know you have to those, those things dilute the project in, in in its significance you definitely have to have a good project absolutely there's no denying that but you can't have none of the other things either and these things have to sort of um, be in balance and work in unison. And, and I used to use the example, and I think it's true, that you know, you've got good teams that drag average projects kicking and screaming into success and into production and, and, and sell for lots of money and, and are successes. And equally, you, you know, I've seen, I'm sure we all have seen good projects that have been sort of messed up and wasted by teams that, that are not right, not engaged, not sort of um, really not on it. And so uh, you've got to have them all in balance. You can't have none of any of them. You can't have all of one of them. You have to have them all in balance, but they all matter. Um, yeah, so I think that's that's really been my takeaway from my career and, and is an important part of how I think about um, what we do in Mawson. Yeah. Um, talk about, um, from a obviously macro sense, um, I've heard you um, mention um, uncontrollable factors. So I just wondered if you could just tell us a little bit more around that. Yeah, well, obviously, there's um, there's the fourth element to sort of project and strategy, and 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 that's the things that are very much outside of your control, and and that's largely the macro, and and they have a bearing on a lot of what you do at those earlier levels. You've got to you've got to think of you know it's a cyclical business. Mining, everyone knows that mining's a cyclical business, and timing timing's everything. Um, and so, as a board and as a CEO. You need to sort of respond and, and be sensitive to the macro environment. Uh, use it to your advantage. Don't try and fight it. Um, you know, don't try and push water uphill. You know, use the example, you could go out and spend hundreds of thousands of dollars. There's no end amount of money that you could go and spend on uh, investor relations and promotion uh, for these companies. But, you know, if no one's listening, you sort of, you sort of blow, you know, you're pushing pushing water uphill a little bit, and 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 equally go and break and blow your brains out, um, drilling holes and and um, spending a lot of money um, on higher risk activities when there's no certainty that you could, you know, replenish that capital. You need to be able to raise money to survive, and you need to keep these companies funded. So I think it's just being sensitive to that macro environment, um, commodity pricing and investor sentiment, and making sure that your strategy is is matching that. Yeah. Um. Obviously, with uh, uncontrollable events, is there a way that you can help prepare yourself for the unexpected? Um, obviously, that's a pretty broad question. Um, but from your experience and working through um, the life cycle, is what is the best way to maybe prepare for some of these um, uncontrollable events? Yeah, sure. Look, having, having a quality asset 
base is sort of key to enduring through the cycles. You know, there's the old saying that all all boats rise on a on a high tide and and that sort of thing. And and you get you um you see in certain times in the market when things are really good, you get projects dusted off from bottom shelves and 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 promoted back into the market. And um and and those these tend to be the first to fall away when when things don't go so good. So so set yourself up. Yeah, invest in quality projects or have quality projects um, and 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 you should have some longevity through the cycle. And the other one is 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 team. At the end of the day, this is, you know, nothing goes according to plan ever in mining. And so what matters is how you respond to change. Uh, and so if you've got a good team and a good project, then you tend to be able to deal with the things that come your way. And, um, and you've just got to sort of hope that... Uh, Hope that you can manage manage the issues as they arise. So, where is the the balance uh, with uh, Mawson today? Yeah. So, look, I think you know on that level, um, you know, we've got a good project. We've got a we've got a good project, and it's getting better as it grows and as we articulate not just what it was as an exploration project, now what it actually looks like as a project and as a mine, um, rather than looking at it as a resource, looking at it as a mine, and that's that's sort of the purpose of the PEA is really to help people understand the deposit better. You know, not all deposits are created equal. A million ounces over there is different. To, they're all different. And, um, and so what makes them different and, and what makes a project successful uh, is a function of, of, of how you develop it and how it operates, um, you, know, uh, you know, what are the costs? What are the sort of mining productivities? What's the infrastructure like? In that part of the world now what is the hurdle to build a project do you need to build roads and pipelines and and um and all those things and you know maybe as an engineer you know i look at the project and i, and I, I can sort of start to see those things um but quickly but but investors don't have the time to go through and, and look at your resource and 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 make assumptions around you know what's big enough or, or you know what what's it going to take to develop this project and then, so i think that that these economic studies are helpful to bring all of these things together and and articulate um the project in a you know in a coherent way that business and you build a business case so um so that's that's what that's where we're at with the project level and and i think that the pea also helps us with our exploration story we know that the project's going to get a lot bigger um, we know that there's a lot more to find, but you know, allocating capital and making sure we understand well, what's the return on that in investment, and um, and having a project with a particular um, production profile, we can add resources and we can very quickly start to monetize um, and um, start to understand the, val the value that gets added from exploration upside, and um, and so the MPV the, the project sort of helps us having a PEA, I should say, helps us understand what exploration really, what exploration upside really means to us. And um, and then of course, just come back to the points we've been talking about, you know, recognize the sort of dynamic macro environment that we're in at the moment. Um, you know, prices are volatile, they're down at the moment, uh, things have changed quickly. Um, but really what we've got to do is focus on the things that are inside our control exercise sort of capital discipline in our strategy. What is it that we're spending money on? Where are we saving money? What are the right things to do next to add value? Um, 
and really focus um, at value, adding value to our assets. Uh, the pricing tends to work out over the long term. It's really, really work on the NAV, the MPV of the project, and the P, the price, the thing that the market will give you for that asset. That will change over time. Um, but as long as you've got um, focus on the building the value, then uh, that's really the, the main thing that you can control. Um, Southern Cross is an interesting uh, situation. Um, how did you come about that? Yeah, sure. It is, it is an interesting uh, situation. It's a great it's a great story actually in 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 how value has been created in a, in a non obvious way, and it, it was a journey in and of itself. So. Mawson acquired some projects down in Australia about two years ago, um, some exploration assets in Victoria at a time when Victoria was really, attention was really coming back to Victoria based on the success of uh, the Fosterville, Magnico Eagles Fosterville mine, which, is, which was and still is the highest grade gold mine in the world and, and one of the biggest gold mines in the world as well. And in an area that had been sort of forgotten as mining had moved to Western Australia, and uh, the Victorian goldfields, which was a real gold rush era, uh, built Australia in a lot, in a lot of sense, had had been forgotten for for lots of for lots of sort of reasons. And and Agnico really opened that back up with uh, well, the Fosterville mine now owned by Agnico really opened that up. And so we had some explorations projects down there. We spent some money uh, on them, and we made you know what was a really great discovery uh, in Sunday Creek and. Um, but when we were putting results out, no one sort of cared. We're a TSX listed company. We've got we've got a big shareholder base that's followed us for a long time um, it, with our finished project. And I think people were a little bit confused. They didn't understand the Victorian opportunity. I don't know exactly why, but but we're like, this doesn't make sense. This is really great. Um, this is a really great discovery. And so we made the decision to to spin that out. Uh, we've listed Southern Cross on the ASX. Down in a market that you know has investors that understand the story and 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 willing to follow it, we raised eleven point eight million dollars down there over over two fundraisers and and the IP, including the IPO and you know, we created a dedicated vehicle with a dedicated management team and a strategy and investor base that all were really focused on the opportunity to hand and and primed it for success. Uh, didn't have overhang, it had the right structure and it had the the right sort of bespoke IR strategy around it. And then when drilling continued post I um, and drill results came out post the IPO, uh, they, and, you know, we delivered good results, or Southern Cross delivered good results, 119 metres at 3.9 grams a tonne, it really took off. And that was a function of, um, of the way that it was structured and put together. We took something that no one cared about, put it in a different um, environment with a different, not a different strategy, but certainly a different sort of setup, and um, and and the market really took care. So it took really the same similar uh, value, um, but uh, but we've ended up with a much different price outcome, and uh, the market likes what it sees, and 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 so do we. So we're um, yeah, we're quite we're sort of quite pleased with how that's played out. Yeah. So what does um, what does uh, what does it mean for? Um, awesome gold to have that project in your uh, portfolio. Yeah, well, quite simply, I'm a I'm a pretty happy CEO of Mawson to be uh, owning sixty percent of of what is a really exciting story down in Australia. Um, it is a little curious, but therein lies the opportunity that you know we're getting all little to no value for um, for our stake in Southern Cross. It would seem, and 
And, you know, our stake in Southern Cross, it is escrowed for two years, but um, based on its valuation is is effectively worth all of Mawson. So we have a negative, we now have a negative EV. And, and I think that that just shows that is a really um, interesting investment opportunity that people, it's normally a good place to start, let's say. Uh, we have quality assets in Finland and you can and you can kind of get them for free in, in one sense. And so, um, and so, you know, that, is curious that that value is not being uh, recognised, but it certainly is the opportunity and why people should pay attention. Um, and and so, you know, where does that leave Mawson in terms of, of, of how we take this forward? You know, if I go back to sort of some of the themes we've been talking about here, I suppose, is, is you know, the engineer says to me that, you know, we've got at the project level things that, Things are doing well. We're building fundamental value in our business. We've got a good project at Raya Plot. We've got a new discovery um, in Sweden, and we've got this really exciting um, big shareholding down in in Australia. So that side's all doing quite well, I would say. The investor, the investor looks, the investor in me looks at that as an investment proposition, and and you've got you know a lot of value, but we're trading at a very deep discount. So the sum of the parts valuation is is really quite compelling, and there's a you know, narrative there that you can build around wealth creation by being able to um, communicate that um, and uh, and unlock that value that's sort of latent in the business. And then I put my CEO, CEO hat on there and, and really it says to me that we've just got to get out, work hard and get out there um, and get the story out there and, you know, wear the shoe leather off and make sure people understand, you know, just what that, op- that investment opportunity is. So, um, yeah, plenty of work to do, but I think we've got the right, um, we've got the right pieces in place in the sense of the, the the asset quality and a plan to to get that message out there. Yeah. So uh, concluding, what's the um, outlook or plan of action for the remainder of this year uh, going into 2023? Um, and do you have any final thoughts? Yeah, sure. So um, look, the plan really is we're, we're in the midst of our PEA, so it's keeping, keeping the team really busy as we work with the consultants to sort of <coughs> excuse me pull pull together the technical work and and be able to to explain to the market you know what the project really means uh, we've got exploration programs ongoing um, and and more work to do over the summer and then leading into into the winter uh, at both the Raya plot project and in Sweden so so sort of lots of news to come out yet and 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 you know working hard on on explaining the story better building value and explaining the story better obviously southern cross is is well funded and and Mawson indirectly benefits from good news to come out of there so there's lots of work to do um but but yeah so shaping up as being an exciting second half of the year and look you know as I suppose in terms of concluding remarks um obviously take a look at Mawson I, I would say that obviously as the CEO but uh you know we are in an interesting market um but I suppose you know timing you know, markets are cyclical and and timing those things change over time and and tend, the who tends to be rewarded is those people that created value at the asset level um and um and and focused inward on the things that they can control um, and uh, yeah markets will turn like they always do and um, and uh, yeah you know plenty of plenty of opportunity remains yeah but it looks like you've got a busy summer and winter or winter and summer depending where you are in the world um, so wish you well for the remainder of the year going into uh, going into next year 
Um, if our audience wants to reach out to you, if they've got any questions, um, how can they go about doing that? Um, what social media platforms uh, are you on and the company on? Yeah, sure. The company's on 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 all the main ones: Twitter, LinkedIn, um, and uh, you can you can find interviews with me on um, on YouTube and whatnot. Uh, and if you want to reach out to the company directly, probably best to go info at mawsongold.com. Um, and um, you know that goes to my inbox, so <laughs> it's no big mysterious department that it goes to. Uh, but I'll make sure that the right person um, is able to. Uh, we can get the right information for people if they want to know more about the story. Yeah, certainly, and we we can include those in the show notes accompanying this podcast, um, or if you're watching the YouTube channel, they will be uh, posted below. So, um, really appreciate your time, Ivan. Perhaps you can come on. Uh, later this year or more likely next year with some uh, further updates on Mawson uh, and what you're doing with um, Southern Cross as well. So I'm sure our audience will be interested in uh, listening to uh, what, what, um, what's what been happening um, going into 2023. Yep, sure. Thanks a lot. Thanks for having me on, Rob. Yeah, no worries. Um, hope you guys uh, enjoyed that episode. A um, couple of obviously exciting um, projects there in Finland and Sweden and obviously the Southern Cross um, down in Australia. So um, appreciate your continued support. Um, again, really appreciate you sharing episodes to others around the world, um, no matter where you are, um, but whether it's people in the mining industry or even people outside the mining industry that may be looking to potentially invest um he's uh, obviously a company that would need uh, need some support and maybe a company that you could uh, follow so again appreciate your continued support and appreciate you sharing this uh, episode and other episodes uh, of amongst friends family others around the world um so yeah until next time happy mining thank you for listening Remember to reach out to Rob via the show notes and be sure to subscribe and leave a review. Until next time, happy mining, helping each other to improve the mining industry.